bring greetings and welcome as well in the precious name of our Lord. Good to see all of you here. The title for the message that I felt led to bring to you this morning is simply Broken Pieces. And I'll try to explain that as we move into the message. I will say by way of introduction that I preached a similar message here seven years ago in March of 2017. And I'm just curious, how many of you were here in March of 2017? I'd like to see your hands. There's a few. Thank you. So you might recognize some parts of it. And if you do, I trust you can bear being reminded of some similar things. <clears throat> to begin, please turn with me to Mark's Gospel, chapter 8. Mark chapter 8, and we'll read a portion here. So you're returning there, I mentioned that I will be reading from the ESV, English Standard Version, instead of from the New King James. The reason for this is that it uses the exact term that the words I want us to notice in the reading of the scripture. If you can, please stand for the reading of the word. Mark chapter 8, beginning in verse 1. <clears throat> in those days, when again a great crowd had gathered, and they had nothing to eat, he called his disciples to him and said to them, I have compassion on the crowd because they have been with me now three days and have nothing to eat. And if I send them away hungry to their homes, they will faint on the way. And some of them have come from far away. And his disciples answered him, How can one feed these people with bread here in this desolate place? And he asked them, How many loaves do you have? They said, Seven. And he directed the crowd to sit down on the ground. And he took the seven loaves, and having given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people, and they set them before the crowd. And they had a few small fish. And having blessed them, he said that these should also be set before them. And they ate and were satisfied. And they took up the broken pieces left over, seven baskets full. And there were about 4,000 people. And he sent them away, and immediately he got into the boat with his disciples and went to the district of Dalmanutha. The Pharisees came and began to argue with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven to test him. And he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, why does this generation seek a sign? Truly, I say to you, no sign will be given to this generation. And he left them, got into the boat again, and went to the other side. Now they had forgotten to bring bread, and they had only one loaf with them in the boat. And he cautioned them, saying, Watch out, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. And they began discussing with one another the fact that they had no bread. And Jesus, aware of this, said to them, Why are you discussing the fact that you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Having eyes do you not see, and having ears do you not hear, and do you not remember? When I broke the five loaves for the five thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? They said to him, Twelve. And the seven for the four thousand, how many baskets full of broken pieces did you take up? And they said to him, seven. And he said to them, do you not yet understand? It's as far as I read, you may be seated. So let's have a little look at what happened here. 
We see in verse 1 that again great crowd had gathered to hear Jesus, to listen to him. And um, that must have been an amazing experience because he stayed for three days listening to Jesus speaking. And probably nights, I suppose, he didn't get home, go home because it says some of them came from far away. But finally Jesus began to be concerned about them, that they have nothing to eat. He said if we send them away hungry, they might faint on their way home because it's, they've come a long ways. And so with just seven loaves of bread and a few small fish, Jesus provided enough food for the 4,000 people. Not only enough food, but enough that they had broken pieces left over that they were able to fill seven baskets, had seven baskets full of pieces left over. So just to mention that the burden of the message this morning is to help us see that God's provision, God's plan for our life, comes to us in little broken pieces, as it were, not one great big splash. The disciples here saw a huge problem. They saw a huge impossibility. And indeed it was, physically, humanly speaking. Here were 4,000 people. How can you divide? How small would the pieces be? Can you imagine if you have seven loaves of bread, can you divide those into 4,000 pieces? How big would each piece be? Pretty minuscule, wouldn't it? It wouldn't feed you very much to travel a long way home. So there was something more than just the human element there of dividing that bread into pieces. Jesus wasn't looking at the problem. He was looking at the potential that he knew existed in that little bit of bread and the few small fish. He broke the bread in pieces and they kept passing around until everybody had all they wanted and they still had more left at the end than they had to start with in the beginning. So we see that even though the pieces may be small and they may be broken, when you have enough of them and you bring them together, you can have an amazing product in the end, tremendous provision. See, God sees the big picture. He knows the potential of little things to add up to something big and beautiful. Quite often, we're focused on little things. Things that we feel are insignificant, and we can't see the potential of them. The big, and we might miss the big picture of what God is working on in our lives. Appreciated the devotional this morning, Brother Quentin. It's almost like a prelude or an introduction to the message. God as our Father, taking a personal interest in every one of our lives. We see this in the conversation here in the boat. If you look back to uh, verse 14, remember how the disciples were there in the boat then with him. And, uh, and Jesus told them to beware of the, tri of the scribes and the Pharisees, or the Pharisees and, and Herod. And um, they were focused on something else. Jesus had a, a doc Jesus had a concern on his mind. He was warning them about the, the Pharisees. And the disciples were thinking about, we forgot to bring lunch along. They were worried about that. And so again, their focus was on something little where Jesus had a bigger subject in mind there. See, God doesn't accomplish his purposes in our life. 
in one huge brush stroke, as I said, now it's all done and dusted and the picture is complete. He does it one piece at a time. And sometimes we don't like those little pieces when they're brought to us. It may not be what we had in mind at all. When we committed ourselves to serve God, we had a big, beautiful picture in mind. And so then we get these little pieces from God. We might have had a big picture in our mind of what it is to be part of God's kingdom, to work in his kingdom. And then he gives us little bitty pieces of things to do. Maybe it's sweeping floors or baking bread or changing smelly nappies or could be fixing cars or everyday kinds of things. And it seems like, what does that have to do with being part of God's kingdom? But it's one of those little pieces that adds up to the bigger picture. Let's see if we can illustrate this with a little object lesson. And those of you who were here seven years ago probably remember this. I did something similar. Let's suppose I'm looking for a nice poster to put on the wall, a nice big picture, sort of like this behind me, but a picture of something to put on my office wall. And I go shopping, and I find just what I was looking for. I find a nice big picture like this. It's a picture of the ark and the background there, and you see all the animals coming into the ark. That would be a nice picture to hang on the wall, wouldn't it? A nice testimony and opening conversation with visitors who would come. So I buy this poster and I take it home and um, I'm eager to take it out of its box and put it up on the wall. So let's take it out and I see it's sort of in a small box. It must be rolled up or folded up or something um, to all fit in that box, you think? So I open it up to take it out. Well, I thought it's supposed to be a picture. I don't see a picture. What did they do? I just see some pieces, little pieces. There's no picture in here at all that I can see. What's going on? Do these pieces look like that picture? What's the problem here? That's not right, is it? Would you pay 10 euro for a box of little pieces when you wanted a picture? What's the deal? What do you do when this doesn't look like this? What do you do when the pieces don't look like the picture you were expecting? What do you do when your reality doesn't look like your expectations? What do you do? Let's think about faithful Abraham for a minute. Turn with me to Genesis chapter 15. <clears throat> Let's see what happened with Abraham in this experience.
the first few verses here in Genesis 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. Behold, the word of the Lord came to him. This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he believed the Lord and he counted it to him as righteousness. So let's just review that a bit and use our imagination to paraphrase what we've just read. The first verse tells us that the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. So we're not told for sure, but it's quite likely it was through the night, probably when Abram was asleep in his tent. And so we see in verse 5 that God told him to come outside. So now let's just paraphrasing, God told Abram, Come outside. You look up at the stars. Look up at the sky. What do you see? And then God said, now I want you to count those stars. Children, have you ever tried to count the stars? Have you? How many do you think there are? 10, 15, 20, 30, 100? Anybody know? How many stars are in the sky? Do you know the answer is? Nobody knows. Even the scientists and astronomers, they don't know. They're guessing and they always find more the farther they can look. Nobody knows. But God told Abraham to count the stars. So maybe he started one, two, three, and, but he soon gave up. He said, I don't know. I can't count them all. And you know what God said? He said, that's right. You can't count them all. And you know what? That's the way your family is going to be. That's how many children you're going to have. Children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and so on. And at this time, Abram didn't have one child, not one. He had a servant, and he thought, well, he'll just count him as his son. But God said, no, you will have a son. And he will have a son, and he, they will have children, and they will have children, until there are so many like the stars in the sky, you will not be able to count them. Talked about that a little bit in our Sunday school lesson this morning about the number of Jews in the world. And so, what do you think Abraham did after that, when God told him how many children and grandchildren and so on they're going to have? He probably went back in his tent so excited he woke Sarah, his wife, up and told her how they're going to have lots and lots of children. He said, we better get ready. God is going to send us children. So many, we won't even be able to count them all. So, that's the picture that God gave. Abram didn't make that up. God told him that, didn't he? He said, you will have so many children, descendants, you won't be able to count them. That's the picture. They were probably very excited about that. But then, what happened? 
what happened in the next days, the next year, and the next year, and the next year. No babies, not one. See, they had the picture, but what was God giving them? Waiting, waiting, and waiting. We know the story. They finally decided God needs some help. He's not keeping his end of the deal. And so they got this plan to have a baby through Hagar, the maid. And she had a baby. And all that did was cause huge problems. Problems that are still going on this very day, thousands of years later, between Ishmael and Isaac, the descendants of those two. But you know what was behind that decision? God had given them the big picture, but then he didn't give them the picture they were expecting. He gave them lots and lots of little pieces instead of the picture that he had promised. This is what they were getting year after year. These pieces don't look like the picture, do they? But you see, if I would take these pieces, and you all know that, and some of you like to do that better than I do, if I would take all these pieces and use them the way they were intended to be used, I patiently put them together, piece by piece by piece, you know, eventually, I would get, I trust I would, I haven't tried it, I think I would get Something like this, wouldn't you? The pieces would add up to be what the cover, the box shows. But it doesn't come all at once. I couldn't just open it up and unfurl it and put it on the wall. It comes piece by piece. And not one of them looks like the big picture. Only once they're all together will it look like this. Right now, this is how it looks. All the pieces, it's just a jumble of little pieces with a tiny bit of color, but you can't at all figure out what the picture should be like. Do you get the idea? God's purposes are revealed to us in pieces, and the pieces do not look like the big picture. God will show you the picture, and then he'll give you the little pieces and ask you to put them together. See, it could be like your marriage. You had a picture in your mind, this picture of an ideal couple, a couple who would never, ever have an argument or disagreement. Surely, everybody says, you'll be surprised. Yeah, you just wait. You'll, you'll learn. But no, you're going to show the world what a real marriage, ideal marriage will be like. Never a problem. You've got the picture and it's a good one. But somehow then life ends up handing us little pieces. Little pieces, bit by bit. And maybe we can't figure out what's going on because we had this in mind. And we're getting this, bit by bit. And the pieces don't look 
like the picture in our mind. Or it could be like parenting. You had a picture of a wonderful, godly family, children who were just a model of behavior, and they could be an example to everybody how well they behave. A model of obedience and manners and love and kindness. But then comes real life. And there may be some quarrels. There are some messes to clean up. There are things that don't quite match that beautiful ideal picture. But we need to remember it's coming in pieces. Bit by bit, we put it together. The lesson I'm trying to bring is that we can't judge the picture by the pieces. Sometimes we may be inclined to give up on the picture, the big picture, because all we can see is the little pieces we're holding and they just don't fit the picture we had in our mind. And that's the heart of the message this morning. If I can encourage us to not give up on the picture God wants to form with our life, in our life, just because the little broken pieces that we're getting day by day don't look like the big picture we thought he would give to us. Don't give up on the big picture. Remember that big pictures can come in little pieces and they can make a beautiful picture. Let me Sure, and sometimes the uh, pictures and sometimes the pieces that God gives to us are pieces that we don't really want, we don't really like. It's not what we thought we would be getting. If you don't mind, I'll share a personal example to illustrate what I mean. It's been some years ago now, but my wife and I were sitting in a waiting room at the local hospital waiting for our appointment in this clinic. We were waiting to be called in to get the results of the tests they had run on a little tumor they had removed in my wife's surgery just a few weeks prior to that. Several other couples were waiting there with us and um, being called in one by one. And a couple that was sitting next to us was called in before we were. Soon they came back out through the, the doors and walked past us. And it was clear that the lady, the lady was crying as they walked out. And we nearly cried with her because just a few weeks before that, we had come out through those very same doors, stunned by the news that my wife did indeed have cancer. And we knew just how that couple felt and why they were crying. Then our turn came to go in and we received more disappointing news. Tests showed the cancer had spread further than the small amount they took out through the surgery. And that meant more surgery, it meant chemo, it meant radiation treatments that went on for a whole year. Times like those are times we feel like throwing those pieces away. We didn't want those. That wasn't part of the picture that we had for our life. Can't we just throw them away? 
Let me share another story, a true story, of someone who was getting some pieces from God he didn't like. He didn't think it fit the picture that he was expecting. Some of you may have heard of a man named Nabil Qureshi. He grew up in a Muslim family, and through many difficult experiences, he came to faith in Christ and um, wrote a book sharing that experience. It's called Seeking Allah, Finding Jesus. If you haven't read it, I would recommend it. <clears throat> Be well worth your time. Here's a stirring testimony of how he came to know the Lord and received Jesus as the true Son of God, not just a prophet like Islam teaches, but... Then he became very ill, soon after became a Christian. He became very ill with a serious stomach cancer. It was so serious the doctors said he probably won't live very long. And he was just a young man, had a young wife and child, and uh, it was almost more than he could bear. He turned to God in faith and he prayed earnestly for healing. And he went to different services where they were sort of specializing and praying for health, for healing. And he just became determined that God will heal him from this terrible cancer. He started visiting churches like that, but he just wasn't getting any better. So he started praying a little differently. And he uh, started praying that Jesus would come to him and tell him what to do. Or just talk with him. He really prayed earnestly, and soon that's exactly what happened one night. He had this vision, and Jesus came and talked with him. He sat down, sat down, had a nice conversation, but after Nabil woke up, he couldn't remember the, the discussion, but he remembered three words. He remembered the words, baby. Let's see if I can find it here now. Baby, sponge, and bath. Three words, baby sponge and bath. Well, he wasn't quite sure what to do, but she had prayed so earnestly, and since Jesus came and told him that, he felt he needs to at least obey what Jesus said. So he went and bought a sponge, and they had this little baby girl, and they uh, put her in some bath water, and like all, most little children, she loved to have a bath and water, so he figured she'd love a sponge bath. But was he ever surprised when they took the sponge in their hand to give her a bath, she screamed and cried and tried to get away from them. She would have nothing of it. They tried so gently, but she just kept screaming and crying in fear. And finally they just gave up and put it, put it away. And as Nabil studied over that, it dawned on him what, what God was telling him. Here he was trying to give his little daughter a bath with the sponge, but she refused to let him do it. She was scared of him. Even though he was her father and he always did what was best for her, he wasn't going to hurt her. But God showed Nabil that that's what he was doing to God, his father. God was his father, and God always does what's best for his children. And Nabil was trying to get away from what God was doing in his life. He was trying to run away from that. When he resisted, he rejected the illness, even though it was an illness. He just was determined that that's not what he should have. And now Nabil no longer insisted on being healed. Of course, he hoped and prayed for that, 
but he did not insist on it any longer. He was able to rest in whatever God saw best to give him. And see, he didn't like the little pieces. Here he had left Islam. He had risked his life in becoming a Christian and turning to God. Surely God would reward him, wouldn't you think? With a lovely picture, a lovely life with his wife and family. Yes, God will do that. But the picture that God has might not be quite the same as we have in our mind. By the way, soon after that incident, God healed Nabil of his cancer, not in the way that he had hoped or had expected. God called Nabil home to his eternal home, and he's healed. There'll be no more cancer. There'll be no more hospitals and pain. So he was healed eternally. And through that we learn that God is the one who chooses the pieces that make up the picture in our life. And so as I look out across your faces this morning, are you letting God choose the picture, the pieces? Or are you discouraged or puzzled by the fact that the beautiful picture you had in your mind seems like it's just little broken pieces at the moment and they're not turning out quite the same beauty as you would have pictured. It could be in your personal life. It could be in your marriage. It could be in your family. It could even be in relation to your church experience, maybe even here at Dunmore's Christian Fellowship. A picture but it's coming to you. The picture may be right and good, but it can come. It doesn't come in one big piece, and now it's done. It comes piece by piece. See, in all of these areas, we have our expectations. We have a big picture in our mind. And when we open the box, when the realities of life come, become a part of our daily life, we're surprised to find just a whole bunch of little pieces and not the big picture. Our warning is that we do not become like Abram of old. He couldn't take that, and he tried to help God. Say, that must not be right. Let's try it this way. But when he waited on God, then the picture became right the way God had planned it to be. Remember how that tragic experience turned out when Abraham faltered in his trust and tried some other way. So I wonder, is God bringing pieces into your life that you may be disappointed in, trying to knock away? I'd like to encourage us to bring these broken pieces to the Savior's feet. Just lay those pieces at his feet and let him put them into our life to form the picture that he wants to form. We may be surprised what God can do with little broken pieces. We can't do it. We just make a mess of things. 
But God can do it far beyond what we ask or think. He's our loving Heavenly Father, and he will always do what's best for us. Can we trust him? Let's renew our faith in him this morning. Shall we kneel in prayer?